Good morning, everybody. My name is Pastor Rich, lead pastor here. And for Black Friday, we have some shoes. If you want some, we'll give them away. So, no. <laughs> we love Jesus, and we love to have fun. But I want to say, everyone, happy Thanksgiving. Is everyone ready for Thanksgiving yet? Okay. Do you have the room for Thanksgiving? I got a lot of room to go on Thanksgiving. This coat's so small, so I cannot wait. So uh, it's going to be an amazing time. And today, if you've been coming, this is our last installment of Outrageous Joy. We spent the whole month going through the book of Philippians. And today, we're going to start in the very beginning. In the very beginning of the first sermon, we talked about joy and exhaustion. Joy in the second week, did joy and anxiety. And then we did third week was joy and conflict. Today's going to be joy and family. Joy and family, how to have joy and family in, in, our, in our spiritual family, and also some of the families you're going to go home and have some turkey with. Everybody ready for that? Someone got some amazing families and hang out and have a lot of food. Thanksgiving, I cannot wait when it starts. The turkey, the ham, candy yams, the greens, and let's go home. Anyway, we're going to start in the very beginning of the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. Chapter 1, 3 to 7 is on the screen if you don't have your Bible. This is Paul speaking. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you making my prayers, my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel the first day until now, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are, my, uh, you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the, of the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come in this moment, and we ask that you speak directly to our hearts. Father, let our hearts be ready to receive what you want to say today. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, this is Paul. If you know about the book of Philippians, it's a very personal letter that he wrote to the, Philippi, the people of Philippi, uh, the Philippians church. And they, they held something special in his heart. It's what they call a support letter, but also a thank you letter, but it's also a letter of joy. And we know that Paul wrote a letter when he was in prison, talking about joy. He's in an inner prison waiting to receive instructions from Rome or be seen before the judge. And here he is working about talking about joy. But one thing about his family that he's talking about here, how he presents them, if you know about um, this book, in Acts chapter 16, I told you anything in the Philippians, you can go back to the book of Acts and you'll see what Paul was talking about. In Acts chapter 16, some unique things happened. He went on a mission trip, him, Silas, and then a guy named Timothy. Timothy was, uh, partially his father was Greek, his mom was Jewish. Amazing time. They go down here, they're trying to go to Asia to spread the, the, um, the, the gospel. The Holy Spirit said no. They tried to go another direction. The Holy Spirit, no. And he directed them down to the city of Philippi, which was an amazing city because it was a colony of Rome. It was a very diverse city on the Mediterranean. A lot of trade, a lot of different people from all different walks of life were there. You see, when they met in chapter 16, they met a lady, Lydia, who made silk, and, and she got saved. And you, then he met the uh, young lady who had divination. They cast the devil out of her, and they got thrown in prison. But they were all there from all different places. And God sent them down to the epic center yeah. of, of uh, Mediterranean. And it's amazing because when I was reading this, with something that took place in 2012, but I want to tell you this first. When I interview people from Abilene, a lot of you say, I'm not from Abilene. In fact, I don't know how I even got here. In fact, I was heading to 
Dallas, yeah, see, y'all laughing. Then Dallas, and then all of a sudden, I Abilene. And, and I don't know where Abilene was, and I don't know why I'm here. And the reason why you're here because the Holy Spirit put you here. In 2012, when I got sent in as a pastor, the prophecy of our church was we were the ones that were the Macedonian call because of the different diverse people that are here from all over. Look around. We're all different size, all different ages, all different uh, ethnic groups, all different cultures, come from different places. And we're all, when we have our story and we go around our D group, how'd you get here? Well, I was in Phoenix and all of a sudden I came down to Abilene. I don't know why I'm here, but I love it. I'm here and I'm supposed to go. And you say, and I haven't heard too many people say I was born here. Here you go. Admit the ones that were born here. And you see Paul, that was his family. So he's calling family. They're the ones that supported him. When you're in prison in those days, you had to get your own meals and support your, give your own, have your own support. He was a tent maker by design. Well, he couldn't work. So this church, had, their church, Philippine church, gave him the finances and also helped him get food. He had people come in and out. And he needed them because if you read 2 Timothy and you see the last letter called the farewell letter of Paul, a lot of people abandoned him in his moments except this church who took care of his missionary journeys and also helped him when he was in prison, waiting to be uh, see Caesar in Rome. And it's an amazing thing. He's writing, to a le- he's writing a letter to an imperfect church. We know some of the things that were going on in there. They weren't honoring one another. He says, think about each other more than think about yourselves. They had little skirmishes here. They were talking about where their pedigree was, and they need to be humbled. And again, chapter 4, you had the people fighting in the church. Imperfect church, but it was his family. So we call family. And then you see when he starts out in verse 3, he says, Thanksgiving. He says, I thank my God for my remembrance of you. When I think about you, I got Thanksgiving. One thing about Thanksgiving and gratitude, it opens the door to joy. And he had Thanksgiving for him. Now, as a leader of a church, we got to, we got to figure that out so we know how to enjoy our time. Now, I can wish I could say for the first, my first eight years here that I had time praying and really had joy in praying. Some of my prayers, I'm like, thank God he didn't listen to me. Because I had to learn to appreciate what God has entrusted to me. Like, we all have to appreciate what God has entrusted to each and every one of us. Some of you might not like what you have in your hand, but he's the one that gave it to you. And then he did this, he's, verse 4, said he prayed with gratitude and joy. Always in every prayer of mine, making my prayers with joy. How can you have joy in prison? How do you find joy? Well, he wrote this to inspire us, that we can have joy in tribulation. We can have joy in our trouble. We can have joy in the pain. Come on, somebody. Because he knows joy is a fruit. It's more than a feeling. It's a fruit. Galatians 5.22. It even says love. He loved people beyond well, he, he loved them even though he's in prison. It's a fruit in Galatians 5.22. It's a fruit of the Spirit that you apprehend from God. How do we love you dearly? Through the power of God. Working through me and working through you. That's amazing. And you see that. 
And I love what Bill Lawrence says in Dallas Theological Seminary. He says, happiness comes from happenings, but joy comes from relationships. Joy comes from relationships. Not what happened this morning, not what happened yesterday, is the relationship you have. What's that relationship, Pastor? Which was God calls to do? Love God, love people. Wax on, wax off. In Eastern culture, when you ask someone how they were doing, they would say, they would, they would tell you about their relationship with God and their relationship with people. Because your relationship with God, the vertical will uh, affect your horizontal. So if you don't love God's people, because you don't love him. Right? So when you look at that, that's what it's about. And Paul had joy in Thanksgiving. He had joy, and when you look at this, this letter, he had joy in partnership. Look what he says in partnership. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. First day until now. That word partnership means, it's koinonia in the Greek, means fellowship. An intimacy with God and an intimacy with people. But also their participation in funding and living and proclaiming the gospel. Now, while he was so significant, he said, guess what, guys? They were doing this for 10 years. It's about 10 years into this thing. They didn't stop. They kept going. And that's what I thank God about our church, that we have been at this maybe eight years and about church around for over 20 years, how we partner in the gospel. You guys fund missionaries you don't know anything about. You guys are part of uh, God opening up the Middle East for us. Part of where now our Middle East pastor and missionary that you support, now they're heading to Paris, to France, to open up France because you, of your giving, Amen. which we're going to do at the, in 2020. We're going to put a board up and we're going to put everywhere, where everyone is that we can. There's some of some closed nations we're not allowed to talk about, but we're going to put that up so you recognize and see your, through your partnership. When you give $2, that goes to the gospel. That's amazing. And it's bigger than we can think or see. But the doors of the gospel are breaking open all around the world, starting here, and we can do it right from here. So when we reach, we reach local and we reach global. Yeah. Yeah. And we can build community here and global. Now, the only way you can figure this out, in a few more years, you can all get on the plane with me and go to the Philippines, and you'll see all your bigger family. Yeah, 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 yeah. See what I'm saying? The partnership. Ten years of faithful partnership. We partner with our, our, college, with our campus ministers that are on campus, on scene. We're not one of those churches we just bring someone in once a year. Hey, pray for them and go send them back out. They're with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they're on mission every single day. They even got, in a, they even got uh, I forgot to put the video up. Should have put that up. Got on uh, in their cars and drove to Lubbock and shared the gospel on, on um, Texas Tech. Right? Cold day. Coldest day <laughs> in, in a long time. Praise God, they're young. <laughs> Why? Mission. Why are we all together? What brought us all here? See, the love of Christ brings us together, and the mission of Christ keeps us together. See, the love of Christ brought us here like Abilene. When I was in Okinawa, they said, Abilene, you're going to Abilene, Texas. I said, Abilene, Texas, I know, I know Fort Worth, I know Houston. And everyone talked about Fort Worth. 
I know Mittman. I know Lubbock. I said, where is Abilene? So I had to get on that weather map and I had to magnify it. Oh, there it is. Dead center. The key city. The most diverse city in Texas. Think about it. The most diverse city in Texas. Some of you want, why am I here? Because God wants to do something special through you. And you have to get rid of all your default settings the way you thought life was, and you join into diversity. How to be a military, university, medical's growing now. We got our medical, Hendricks are bringing the people of the nations into our, into our city. It's a lot to do. Where do you find that? Sometimes we got to get on the plane to find diversity. It's coming right to our city. Our universities, our workplace, our, our medical area, that's amazing. But the love of Christ brings us together. The mission of Christ keeps us together. Because if we don't, we're not on mission, we'll fight. We'll start thinking about things that shouldn't even have anything to do with anything. We'll start picking each other apart because we're not doing what he called us to do. The greatest thing you have in your house that you, it keeps, why it keeps running because you get in it every single day is a car. Try to take that car and leave it in a garage for six months and see if you can start it and see if it works. Tires go flat. Got to do a lot of work to get everything back up to get back on the road. But when you put that key in there every single week, especially if it's a Toyota, praise God, <laughs> you, do it every, you do it every week, you get to go. You get to go. It, why? It was created to take me from one place to another. We're all created to take the gospel outside this wall from one place to another. And that's what keeps us together. And uniquely, we all do it different. But we're all doing it the same of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can keep us together. Yes. Come on, y'all. We only want, he can only want partner with him. Apart from Jesus, we will go home and say, I don't want to be bothered. You're not here because you're good at it. You're here because the Holy Spirit got you here. Because some of y'all, how many say, I didn't feel like going to church today. Right? And how'd you get here? Uh, I have willpower. No, that's God's power. <laughs> Can't take credit for it. Also, Paul had, he had joy because he also had confidence. Verse 6, he had confidence in verse, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That word confidence, really this, he means I'm sure this, I'm fully convinced what God begins, he'll finish. He abandons nothing he undertakes. God is always on schedule when he's working through us. Amen? How many love fast food? Oh, God help you. Let me talk about fast food. You get it fast, and you pass it fast. Sometimes we have that microwave faith when God has a crock pot plan. That crock pot. I had my study days of Friday, and we were having dinner with Pastor John and Suzette. And Ms. Donna had this four-pound roast pork. And she said, Rich, I need you to take it. I had to do time, so I had to come off my uh, computer, put it in the crock pot, put it on slow for about six hours. Next thing you know, about 35 minutes of the house, the aroma is like going. Oof. And I'm like, oh, Lord. I love them, but I might have to eat without them. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and then we put some, uh, some upside, what was that? Um, it was... Pineapple upside down cake, because Pastor John spoiled. 
Okay, and then I'm sitting, I got to study, and my mind started going to all these other places. <laughs> but when we got that meat, when we got that meat, man, came off the bone. Just as sweet. Miss Don can cook. That's why I can't wait for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but same thing God does with us. The key word is in you. See, a lot of you here, when you're here, be all here. Because you're wondering why you're here. You're pretty, you can't go out too soon because you're going to be all dry. If I would have took that thing out in an hour and a half, I'd be, and they wouldn't come back. God cooks that, that crock pot. You got that crock pot faith. Because he has a plan. It's a long range. You ever see a God's plan? You ever see the way God handles things? Just a slow, I'm coming. Just a slow, I, you don't understand, God. I got to get out of this godforsaken place. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there in about seven years. <laughs> Lazarus' sister had to deal with that. My brother is, he's sick. Jesus says, I'll wait four days. Then he walks in slow and talks to everybody else before he gets to them. Oh, my brother, if you would have been here, like right now, y'all saying, if you would have been here, God, I wouldn't. No, don't call it before you, you're going to miss something great. Man, in 20 years, I'm starting to see something great happen here. Wow. Don't cut before you're going to miss it. And hard to start over. Some of you are like, I don't know why I'm here. Enjoy why you're here. Why? He has something special he wants to do in you. Not in the person that you're yelling at, in you. If you're impatient, he has a school for that. It's called trials. The school, how many love the school of trials? You got to love it because there's no other class opening up for God. It's always the school of trials. Amen? If you have a problem with patience, guess what? He loves to hit that little, yeah, ding, 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 ding. Some of y'all, ding, 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 ding. Why? Because you don't really, let me help you with this. You really don't receive or really celebrate the blessings. That you celebrate the blessings of God over a lifetime, not a year. Wherever you are, you be there. You got to see when you put seed in the ground, and you got to see when it starts to come up. There's been a lot of seed in the ground in this church. We're starting to see it sprout and come up because we're patient. And when it's time to leave, no, don't leave. God didn't say leave. This hall, I'm not used to this. I know you're not used to it. That's the past. I'm trying to break you out of that. Wow. Get out of your default setting. Wow. Okay? Stop being, it's comfortable being in defaulting to this, where you used to be. He got you in a new place to stretch you. You don't like the weather. I don't like the weather. I don't like, it don't pay me enough. I know. I know. But guess what? The greatest city on the planet. It's the most unique city in Texas. You got to drive around and see. It's a unique city in Texas that he has you here for a reason. Don't jump off the ship too soon. Why? I love that key word. Everyone say, in me. In me. See? It's not about the thing you're praying for. It's about you getting ready to receive that, what you're praying for. The bigger the promise, the higher the perfecting. Because you got to be ready to receive it. God's not going to give you something that you're not ready for. Wow. He's not going to give you a, the keys to a Mercedes as a three-year-old. 
because you'll tear it up or you won't appreciate it and you'll lose it. So some of you, I'm feeling a lot of resistance, Pastor. That's not, he's forming a soul. I don't know why I don't get picked. You know why you don't get picked? Because your attitude is no good. Maybe he's trying to work some humility in you. The school of trials. I'm, a gra- I'm not even a graduate. You never graduate. What does he say? Until Jesus comes. <laughs> and what's the plan? To make me look more like him. So when he shows up, he says, you'll recognize him because you'll be just like him. You'll look just like I'm going to look like him. How do you do that? That's how I do it. Now, is it comfortable? No. But that's what he talks about. And what God starts, what? He finishes. I love this. says it here. It's Philippians 2.13. For it's God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Not mine. His good pleasure. To will and to work. I love it. He's working in me. So I don't have to work so hard. I just got to let him work in me so he can work through me. We can't take credit for anything. How Jesus worked for us, he gave us salvation. How he works in us, we we talked about that word the second week, sanctification. He sets me apart. That's the perfecting part. And how he works through me is through service. So when people don't serve, we understand you haven't been worked out yet in you. I can't make you serve. I can't make you join the church. I can't make you come. I can't make you read your Bible. God has to work that in you. It's not a habit. It's his will. That's amazing about it. Let him work in you so he can work through you. Listen to me. Let him work in you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force it. You see, there's two types of storms. Some of y'all in a storm right now. It's a storm of correction and a storm of perfection. Storm of correction is when you read in, 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 uh, in the Samuel with David and Ziglag. David was having a party with the Philistines. He got discouraged. He's on the hand with the Philistines. I'm so tired of Saul chasing me. He comes back because you discover some great things when you're in trouble. He comes back and... His whole place has been wrecked. His guys that he'd been walking with for years come back and say, uh, we're going to kill you. He said, I need to encourage myself in the Lord. And God, do I go and get and overtake? He goes and takes it. He, goes, he brings it back. Next chapter, he becomes king. What was God doing? David should have been zigzag the whole time. He corrected his course so he can become king. He would have stayed in Philistines all the time. Look at Stephen. Stephen died for the guys to get it. He said the gospel will be Judea, Samaria, Samaria, Judea all around the world, basically, right? They're just Jerusalem. We're going to stay here. We're going to have a party. That's what they heard. Stephen dies. They scatter. Correction. Now, when you're going through it, you hear, God, is this correcting or is this perfecting? Why is it so hard? I'm perfecting you so you'll be ready for your next assignment. And that might be tomorrow. Don't you always point at everybody else? Won't they change? You ever say, how come I'm, I'm praying for them to change? Why are you praying for them? I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> if you change, you'll see them a whole lot different. Oh, man. 
I thought you were on my side. I am on your side. I'm in you. Working it out. That's what gives me joy. It doesn't lead me to myself. It goes this. God always begins on a positive and ends on a positive. You ever realize that? We get caught up in the dash, don't we? Because it's up and down. He starts in the positive. Were you born again? Isn't that positive? Okay, let's look at the end of this. Uh, Revelation 22, 13 says this. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus is in control of history and eternity. If he's in control of my life, he's in control of my history. He's in charge of my eternity. My history, I started bad. He saved me. I'm going to end up, if I serve him all my days, on a positive note. Come on, somebody. And it's going to matter how bad it was here. I know I'm with him in glory. We sung about it. Amen? He's in control. So you can have joy. Praise God I'm not. You don't want Pastor, you don't want Richard Brown leading this church. I would have quit a long time ago. Let's go fishing, huh? We got nothing. Right? We can go hang out in Jamaica. Right? I mean, no. The Holy Spirit working through us. Willing to work for his whose good pleasure? Because we love that all things work together for the good, who's all the call to love them. According to whose purpose? And he goes into that, who he foreknew, he predestined to become, be conformed into the image of his son. No one likes to be conformed. It's great to be transformed. That's what he does for us. But to be conformed, that's what he does in us. And he works through us. So when they look at us, they see Jesus. They don't see someone who's, who's upset over a little thing, they see Jesus in me because I want to help you. That's what he does. But you got to submit to that. You On your own, remember we talked about last week, your own achievement's not going to get you there. It's not because your attitude's off. If you think it's about you. No, it's all about, see how Paul opened the letter. He says, he said, me and Timothy as the servants of the Lord. Dude, you're the apostle. You're the one that's planted this church. I'm a servant to serve the, the uh, bishop, I mean, the, yeah, the leader, overseer, and the deacons of that church. He put himself as a servant first. We're always servants. You want to get promoted? You'll serve more. That's what promotion is, more responsibility. Can I get an amen? Because right, that leads you right there. When you know all those things, you know those two, partnership. And you know I'm confident God's starting something. Someone say, say this. God is working in me. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to celebrate that he's working through me. Something good, something great. I can't see it. I know I feel it. It's on around the corner. In Jesus' name. Amen. See? See? And that's how we got to look at each other. And you know that. You know the last one is commitment. He was, had joy that commitment. Look at verse 7. It says this, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you all partakers with me of grace, man, both in my imprisonment and the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. Here's the thing, guys. They held on to their faith, and there's a word that we don't use much, we don't see much, loyalty and opposition. They stuck it out with Paul. If you read 2 Timothy, you'll see a lot of people left Paul. This church stuck it out with Paul, through opposition. 
They didn't just declare they're Christians. Listen to me. They didn't just put a fish on their car. Their demonstration proved they were Christians. So a lot of people declare, but when it comes to demonstrate and be loyal in that. How many have those friends? You have them fair weather acquaintance. You ever meet those? I met them at a young age. Had a nice car, four, four-door um, Chevelle, 350 engine. Nice car. My mother gave it to me. Everyone, see, you driving your mother's car. At least I got one. Anyway, um, and I remember driving around with the guys. Everyone's in the car. We're going, we're going this, we're going here, we're going here. Everybody was with me. I remember on Hollis Boulevard. Now, Hollis Boulevard, you don't know that. You can, you can Google that. Stephen A. Smith is from Hollis. We were about a few, I lived in Queens Village, not too far from him. And I'll go to pass someone. He said, man, you, they said, you got it, man, pass them. I went around to pass them. The guy turned right into me. Bash! Tore the car up. We get out. The cops show up. Um, they're talking to me. I'm noticed, and, and I go, okay. I got to bend it all out, and I got to drive it home. Now, all the way 25 miles to Amityville. I look around. Where would I go? So I bend it all out, drive it home in Amityville. And State Farm had to, I mean, Allstate had to fix it. And I was young, so when you're young, they, they them days they fixed it, then they canceled you. But praise God, I got it fixed. I'm trying to get a ride to Queens, and that's another 25 miles, get to work and all, get to school and all that. And what? No one showed up. Got the car fixed, everyone shows up. They back. Hey, man, we're going to go. We're going to go. And I'm like, oh, now y'all back. Okay. Now, I'm not saved yet, so that's what I did. I said, you want to ride my car? It's going to cost you $10. $10. Why? Because I had a, those were acquaintances, not friends. They weren't family. You know when you discover family? In a famine or when something's going wrong. And we know family. We're not all perfect, are we? Don't we, get up, we argue all year? But let someone touch somebody. Don't we show up like, and we, we will merge to kill somebody even though we wanted to kill each other all week, all year, right? We'll merge. Hey, that's my sister. I didn't know you felt like that about me. You know, that's right. right? And then all of a sudden, what, what causes that? Mission. We realize we're a family. And when you touch the family, you're touching, every, you're touching my family. Because if we stay on mission as a family, we'll never argue as a family. We might disagree on some things, but the whole idea is to stay in family. You touch one of my family members, you touch me. Commitment is huge today because a lot of times you don't see that. Philippians 4.14 says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. They shared his trouble. Paul was in trouble. Paul was in prison. Now, you got to realize, Paul, when Paul said I was in prison, it's for the betterment of the gospel. That's a different light. That's a different thing. I'm in jail because Jesus is going to be glorified with me being in jail. Whoa. And they stayed with him. But I would say, coming up on this season, some people are high up, some are really excited, and some of them are not really feeling that. And maybe your walk with Jesus hasn't been as strong as you want it to be because you feel like you disappoint yourself quite often. But one thing I was doing, I was studying this. I said, you know, a lot of times God got, he has joy in our partnership. He has confidence that we, what he started us, he's going to complete. And he loves our commitment more than we love ourselves. Sometimes he has more confidence in us than we have in ourselves. It took me a scripture in John, 
I mean, 3 John 4. Look what it says. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I mean, say it's hard. Pastor Rich, it's been a hard year walking as a Christian. Feel like I mess up all the time? Guess what? I'm glad he didn't take this and say, I have no greater joy that, my, that I'm, you're walking in truth as my children. That means he would have put works before he put identity. He always leads with identity. You're his child. How many, you know, all of us got children? We see they make a mess all the time. But do we throw them out? No. God loves you. He has joy just watching you try. Some, yeah, some of y'all, oh, I failed. Oh, you know, our, our, our failistic society today, I'm no good. I'm just going to get even. No, he loves you even as you fell forward. He loves you when you're not there yet. That's why he says, I am perfecting you. That makes it joy. You think I'm not going to get disqualified? No. My son didn't die for that. Wow. <laughs> joy is not an emotion, guys. If you try to do it, it's, you can be emotional. You can make it a feeling. But unless you know that you really know that you really know that Jesus loves me, not some other person, not you looking for some other person to give you the only love that he can give. When you're secure in that, everything else is secure. Come on, get an amen. We can chase all these things that are not going to work unless your heart is solidified that Jesus is Lord and he loves me. And it's hard to comprehend. Ephesians, we said we can't even comprehend it. Peace, we can't comprehend it. Joy is impossible to comprehend. In the midst of pain, I got joy. That's right. Why? Because he didn't stop loving me. And I'm trying my best to walk the truth. But I know a great thing he gave me is a gift of repentance. Let's all stand. Helping someone today. I want someone here, a lot of you are walking in condemnation. And you come to church to feel better. You're already better before you walked in the building. If you know Jesus, you're better off than a lot of people who don't know Jesus. Don't let the devil try to put you below victory. Remember, we, play, we fight from a place from victory, not for victory. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're already victorious. But you've got to open up your soul. You've got to open up your heart and to receive him. Because if you try to share your, share your ambition with his, you're going to be a collision fight, and you're going to think everything is just horrible. Can I help you? He's not surprised at what's happening outside these doors. He just says, your greatest hour, I want you to be, know that you're victorious so you can help them be victorious. Amen? Don't walk in condemnation. You walk in conviction, that's better. Don't walk in condemnation. Eyes, everyone's eyes closed. Let's bow. I mean, say, Pastor Rich, I am walking in condemnation. I just feel like it's been a hard year for me. Just raise your hand wherever you are. I'm going to pray. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm. Father, I thank you. The greatest season of the life coming up upon us. Jesus Christ. And I know those who raise their hands, they know you. But Father, let them know let them feel, let them sense, not feel, but let them sense in their heart right now that you love them Hallelujah. at the highest measure. Hallelujah. Highest measure. 
They are the greatest gift that they ever seen. Father, I pray right now they receive that. It's already out there. You, we just have to receive it. Everyone put your hands out. Say, I'm going to receive God's love, his grace. Same way they walked in that grace. When you step into what God has for you, they're able to share in the grace with Paul because it's a supernatural grace that comes upon us. Like joy is a supernatural thing. Love is a supernatural thing. And we receive, but we got to receive it because it's beyond us. And Father, everyone's hands are out. I pray for a double portion right now this holiday season. Lord, wherever they're going right now, let them see the grace Let them see what's beautiful. Let them see what is noteworthy. Let them see all things from you in the midst of what they're going to. Father, I pray you settle our souls right now of works. And Father, you infuse grace upon our lives. We're not going to work harder. We're going to love more. We're going to receive more. Father, we don't want to come to you for instruction. We just want to come to you. But I want to come to you to achieve. I want to come to receive. And I declare that right now. Those who come in your presence, God, not to achieve anything, but to receive all things from you. Yes. And we praise you and we glorify you. Yes. In Jesus' name, yes. everyone say.